Welcome to the Agree to Disagree show, a show that discusses news, politics, and pop culture with your host, Luigi C. I want to see how many people I can agree to disagree with. We will try to solve life's great mysteries. Why is the sky blue? Why do we lean left or right? Why are we all nuts? Let's start the show. Everybody, 79 is show where we can different events of pop culture and social issues. Solitary Confinement Sessions, Volume 15, Just a Man-Man and His Ramblings. I hope you're all doing well this evening. Everybody on YouTube, everybody on Twitter, everybody on Facebook, and everybody on TikTok. Um... Guys, if you appreciate the show and you want to support your your support it, all you need to do is like, share, subscribe, the YouTube channel, the Facebook, the IG page, the TikTok page, or the podcast on any platform. Please, it will go a long way to help the, uh, the algorithms, uh, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon uh, Music, iHeartRadio, and please leave a five-star review. It would greatly appreciate it, and it goes a long way to support the show. All right? Is that is that understood? We're good. All right. So, um, this evening I had a few uh, pretty interesting things to discuss. All right, a few interesting uh, stories to discuss. And without further ado, we're going to start with a um, a doozy here from from Montreal, local story. All right. Uh, by the way, Montreal is where the city where this podcast is is being recorded and uh being uh yeah being recorded so interesting story um you know every t- every time i say this that quebec is not made for businesses and that we want to remain a welfare state there comes along a story um that basically confirms my statements and my biases right so here it is um, after years of construction, by the way, two years on uh, Plaza Saint Hubert, it's it's used to be a in, back in the heyday of Montreal when Montreal actually mattered for something or stood for something. It was basically the fashion center. Everybody wanted to be on the street um, on Saint Hubert, and it's called Plaza Saint Hubert. And there was so many shops, high end shops, and it was a really cool place to be. All right. Um, so after years of construction and subsequent COVID nineteen restrictions. Uh, the owners of the Two Horses Hair Salon thought it was time to spruce up the exterior of their shop uh, with some window paintings. Uh, but much to manager Julio Greco's surprise, those paintings, which included the salon's name, logo, and description of its services, would be met with nearly $1,000 in fees from the city. Now, Greco says the charges came despite checking in with the city ahead of time. Before painting, he goes on to say, we did all we did call the city to find out if we need a permit for this. Uh, they let us know that, no, we didn't need a permit at all, Greco told CTV News. So we went ahead and got our windows painted. So my first question to you is, why are we bothering asking if we needed a permit ahead of time? Right? So here, this is basically just obviously somebody at, at the city hall gave the wrong information to this uh, individual that took the time to make sure of what he was doing uh, was legal or he needed a permit. I still don't know why we need a permit 
to to paint or put a sign on your own place of business but i'll let that pass okay um so basically a few weeks later go on and greco said a city inspector walked into the salon and told them they did in fact need a permit and that each section of this window is considered a separate sign that comes with its own fee <laughs> it should be three or four times we'll have to pay the fee of 244 times she explained so 244 times four just shy of a thousand dollars adding to her frustration greco says that she was when she was told by a permit officer that it had painted the inside of the window instead of the outside the permits would not have been necessary all right so first of all tell me what exactly what difference does it make if it were painted inside or out what exactly are we charging them fees for here and and the audacity the audacity to say that they would need to have been charged that they would not have been charged had they painted from inside the window what the, does the city only own the the, 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 the outside of the window it, it, because basically, if you use that argument, what, what you're saying is that the outside of the window belongs to the city. The, <laughs> this is how crazy it is. Greco says on to say, goes on to say, what does it change if it's on the outside or on the inside? So, of course, no one from the Rosemont, Le Petit Patrie borough was available to answer the question Tuesday, but the following statement was provided. As our borough is concerned about the commercial vitality of Plaza Saint-Hubert, as soon as possible, at the beginning of January, we will take note of the situation uh, and we will make the necessary verifications. We will then accommodate, communicate, excuse me, directly with the merchant. So here, for of course, for Greco and for me, uh, it's just another example of how businesses along the plaza have been left to fend for themselves. Finally, we're up and running after two years. The street is back and we have more fees to pay, unfortunately. She said she plans to contest the fees. And I hope she does. So in a nutshell, basically. All of this after two years of going through painstakingly construction. Because here, Montreal is, is extra special when it comes to construction. Okay, I'm sure that her clients had misery miserable time getting to her to her store to her shop so not only took two years where in some other countries they can build a bridge or repair a giant sinkhole overnight while we're all catching a few z's she finally gets to business goes that extra step to ask if she needs a permit to paint something on her own window shop put a sign or paint in this case it was like you know that hand painted looks old school looks really cool took the time to do this ask if she needed a permit but yet <laughs> she's told she's going to get a fine for each pane of windows four panes times 244 as a uh, fee I don't know what this fee is. I, I, you pay business taxes. 
I I I don't I don't get it. I I fail to see. I fail to see. I don't understand. I will never understand. I will never understand this city. Uh, listen again. I'll say it again. I said it from the top. I'll say it again. They want businesses to fail. It's the only logical conclusion anyone could come up with here. We 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 want businesses to fail in the city. After COVID, after two years of construction on many of the major city streets where a lot of com commercial properties and commerce commerces lie, you're going to still try to find any way possible to squeeze every ounce of lemon juice from that lemon. It's, it's incredible. How do you want this city to be vibrant? And then, and then, and then we, we complain. Then we complain that we want Montreal downtown to be revitalized and to come back to its past glory. How do you want this? How is this even possible when you're treating merchants this way? How? How do you want them? How? How? How is this even possible? What do you want this merchant to do, ladies and gentlemen? How do you want to run a business in this town? So basically, at this rate, right, all these commercial properties downtown or plaza saint hubert in montreal or downtown montreal basically they're all gonna basically be a condo cemetery they're all gonna be because you can't you can't run a business in the city if you're not raped to the last penny in taxes business taxes personal taxes then fees to put a painting on your own window construction where clients and, and potential clients can't even get to your place of business when it takes two years to do a street or for example pinoff it took what 20 30 years to do pinoff i think we had this discussion already we were, we were trying to figure out how long that took guys listen there's a great example businesses just just can't work here they just can't guys it doesn't work it's pretty sad. All right, so on to the next story. Um, so interesting thing here. Um, the censorship bill from the federal government, uh, otherwise known as C-11, has some politicians happy, especially the ones in Quebec. So listen to this. By the way, uh, guys, anybody... Put some comments just to say hi. Uh, questions, any comments on these stories it would be great to just to say hi in the comments, whether you're on Twitter, whether you're on uh, YouTube or on Facebook. Uh, it'd be great to see and say hi to you guys. Um, so, Quebecers are listening again. This is a, another home story. Quebecers are listening to less local music, and musicians hope streaming bill will help. So, hey, Sonia. Hey, Dino. Hi there on uh, YouTube land. Hey, Tony Cheech. How's it going, buddy? Um, so, 
Quebecers are increasingly streaming music online, but listening less often to francophone artists. A trend member of the uh, a trend members of the province's music industry hope will be reversed with a new federal bill. So, in the latest news of government regulation and overreach, they're basically now coming for what we listen to and what we consume online right everyone knows what c11 is all about it's it's being disguised as trying to push local talent and local uh, content uh for example in canada for canadian artists or quebec artists in quebec okay um so the article goes on to say around 30 percent of the physical albums sold in quebec in 2022 were by quebec artists the province's statistics institute said in mid this uh, december but on streaming platforms such as Spotify, YouTube, and Google Play Music, local artists account for less than 8% of plays. Um, statistics like that worry David Bussier, a musician who sits on the board of Union des Artistes, a, la a labor organization that represents musicians and other performers. A lot of music people listen to online is recommended to them by algorithms, he said in an interview adding that the algorithms serve global audiences and tend to recommend popular artists who perform in English rather than in French. Um, Quebec's cultural identity will be weakened if Quebecers are less aware in years past provinces' musicians, he said. Okay, so... Bill C-11, currently before the Senate, would help increase Quebec's exposure to local francophone artists by requiring streaming platforms to promote local musicians, including francophone artists, he said. So he, here's the thing, guys. I've been, I've been saying this for a very long time, okay? No matter what you do, no matter what you do, no matter what you push out there, I told you in Quebec... As the generations adapt and the internet is now a generation basically that grew up on the internet in Quebec here, for example, it's going to be increasingly more and more difficult to protect the French language. I've said this. Now the Quebec government has done what they needed to do, and that's fine. But I told you that, and I've said this numerous times, that the younger generation, whether they speak 100% French and their francophones do not speak a word of English. The internet primarily is in English, of course. The content on it is primarily in English. They're going to want to listen to English music. Guys, you, 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 can't, you can't force people to listen or, or control content. What are we here, guys? I, I, again, another thing I've said, how far off are we in communism here? We have Canada, a federal government that wants to basically regulate what we see and regulate content on the internet. This is not right. Again, I've spoken, I don't know how many times about this ad nauseum. It's very, very dangerous. And this, is this a slope that we're all willing to die on? This slope is getting slippier and slippier. More and more slippier. I made I made up a word. Slippery. It's becoming more and more slippery. Okay. Yves Perry, the executive director of Quebec Music Industry Association, said Quebecers 
want to listen to local music, they're just having a hard time finding it. Record stores used to display local music prominently. Paris with the Association Québécois de l'Industrie du Disque, du Spectacle et de Le Vidéo said in an interview. Guys, are you serious? Do, do, do they know how to do a search online for music? It's very simple. I could do a YouTube video on it and I could show them how to do it. Come on, man. Come on. What is this going to change? Do you think that by feeding them and controlling the algorithms on what they see, they're going to listen to more French music? They don't want, that means that they don't want to listen to it. Sonia says, have we lost the meaning of freedom and how are not more people outraged? Sonia, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I know a lot of Canadians are not... A, all the huge stream services are outraged. They've written letters. They've, they've stood before Parliament and made the way they feel. Um, critics of the bill, which would bring streaming services under the purview of the Canadian Radio, Television, and Telecommunications Commission, otherwise known as the CRTC, say it won't necessarily help Quebec artists. Nathan Wisniewiak, head of artist and label partnership at Spotify, told the Senate committee in September that his company's platforms allows users to discover artists that they would never hear on the radio. For example, seven out of the top 10 most streamed French-Canadian artists are independent, independent rappers, and only two of those artists currently appear on French-Canadian radio charts, he told the committee. Users, he said, need to retain control of their listening experience. Very well said. Thank you very much, Mr. Wisniak. Dino Casa says, Oh, the app to the forces of supply and demand. It's proven that you cannot force people to listen to what you want. This is why uh, Celine Dion left, because the demand is in English. So is the money. Thank you very much, Dino. Well said. Well said. Guys, you look at the comedians, a lot of them are going to go into English uh, because they want to get international exposure. And they don't want to let them limit themselves to francophone audiences. It's not complicated, guys. This is not rocket science here. You can't force your... This is not China. This is not North Korea. You can't force... What, come on, guys. Because... <laughs> Dino misspelled Silenzio feline. So <laughs> Tony Cheech says he prefers feline Zion. Um you can't, guys. You just you, we can't we can't continue doing this. I this could you see what, what what Justin Trudeau has started? Do you see? Do you see how far this and all aspects of society this is gonna impact? This is crazy. This is really, um, it's very concerning, very concerning, very concerning that they want to uh, basically curate what we watch and listen to. It's, it's insane. It's insane. Oof, I don't know where we're going, guys. I don't know where we're going. Next one, listen, uh, next next topic, next story I want to talk about um, is I, I've been on this thing lately about climate change. Um, but I, I, I hadn't, honestly, I hadn't spoken about this a lot uh, at all. Um, 
about uh, since last year, um, Canada's new environment minister, uh, basically he faces questions about his past activism, says he has no secret agenda. Okay. So here, here it is. Okay. Uh, he's a past activist, was charged, criminally charged. Um, and basically, uh, you could ask yourself, how did someone, a prior activist, uh, be hired to be the environment minister of Canada? Well, basically, it takes a buffoon to hire a buffoon, right? It's very simple. So Justin Trudeau was a buffoon, hired a buffoon. Okay, so so when he's been he's been challenged, and his name, by the way, of our um, uh, environment minister Stephen uh, Gilbo, and I'm going to tell you a little bit about about him more. Um, says I don't have a secret agenda as environment minister. Uh, said after the meeting in Ottawa of Prime Minister Justin Trudeau's new cabinet, it's a government effort to tackle what many consider one of uh, humanity's greatest challenges, which is climate change, which is all good. Okay. The problem here is, before entering electoral politics in 2019, the Quebec MP co-founded Equitaire, a Quebec-based environmental organization, and was a director of a provincial chapter of Greenpeace. He spoke out against pipelines projects, including the Trans Mountain expansion. Gilbeau also took part in stunts to draw attention to environmentalist costs. In 2001... Gilbo was arrested after scaling Toronto's CN Tower to raise awareness of climate change. In 2002, he was involved in a Greenpeace stunt that, was, that saw activists climb onto the roof of then-Alberta Premier Ralph Klein's house to install solar panels. Uh, this is not made up. Okay, guys? So how do you expect anyone to take this country serious when our Prime Minister... First of all, has so many ethics violations, too many to count. Our deputy prime minister thinks that canceling a streaming service can balance the federal budget. And our environment mi minister thinks he's Spider-Man climbing CN Tower. Tell me, how do you appoint someone who is basically against everything and ideologically, ideologically, opposed to large portions of the Canadian economy. How? Alberta Premier Jason Kenney said Tuesday that Gilbeau's appointment to the environment portfolio sends a very problematic message to the province. I certainly hope that Gilbeau will quickly demonstrate to Alberta and other resource-producing provinces a desire to work together constructively on practical solutions that don't end up killing hundreds of thousands of jobs. Well, that's exactly, because this was last year, that's exactly what he's, that's exactly the path that we are on. Dino says, yet our voters voted for him a third term. Who are the stupid ones here? I agree with you 100%, Dino. People that put him in power again for a third fucking term. I don't know what to say anymore when it comes to that. I really don't. So what is what message does this does this give? You're gonna kill 
the oil refinery business southwest completely they're canceling pipelines which is going to be a great leeway segue excuse me to my next story okay with this this you know want to diminish gas how uh, gas house um emissions um <laughs> he says we're not trying to cap production gilbo says We're not capping. We're not trying to cap production. We are capping the amount of pollution that comes from these sectors. <laughs> Love to see how he's uh, how he's going to do that. I really do. It's incredible, it really is. Um. So. So in you know obviously they want to meet the Paris Accord um, and significantly lower gas house commission gas house gas house. <laughs> emissions excuse me ghes um so let's go right let's let's go into electrical cars right let's go into electrical cars another uh so right if if you know just montreal for example just put into uh, a law by 2035 they don't want any uh fuel um gas providing fuel combustion engines um so listen again something i've said you can't just make that that change overnight you can't and should not be a hard stop completely on fossil fuels you cannot it, it just doesn't make sense you can't do it all right so listen i knew this story this next thing is a reality but i did not know how bad it is after seeing images uh, first-hand account from Harvard professor Siddharth Kara, uh, who was recently on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, so, basically, uh, Mr. Kara uh, traveled to the Congo, where three-fourths of cobalt, uh, where three-fourths of the world's supply of cobalt um is which is primarily used in uh batteries in our phones in our ipads and of course in electrical vehicles so three-fourths 75 percent of the world's supply comes from the republican uh republic uh of congo all right so he traveled there risked his life to come up with images that were completely heartbreaking where these mines should be industrial mines but they are uh in fact artisanal mines okay so you see people in this trench all day a lot of them for probably about a dollar a day chisel and hammering away in toxic cobalt uh some of them with babies on their back some of them with no shoes um so basically this is what they call modern day slavery which which is live and well in the congo uh, these people can no longer farm as their land has been destroyed due to mining um but hey we're too busy protesting 
oil and fossil fuels. Right? But what about the Congo? What about the horrible human toll on these people? Do they not matter? They don't matter. Listen, I'm 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 not here to stop saying stop using technical devices, um technology devices, but to show you the hypocrisy of climate change supporters. Okay, so when Apple or Tesla tells you that their cobalt is 100% humanely extracted, it's bullshit. It's bullshit. It's all theater. Dr. Kara says, we can't function on a day-to-day -day basis with cobalt, and three-fourths of the supply is coming out of the Congo, and it's being mined in appalling, heart-wrenching, dangerous conditions. By and large, the world doesn't know what's happening. I don't think people are aware of how people how horrible it is, he said. Challenged by Rogan at the concept of clean cobalt, Kara shot back, it's all marketing. He insists he has never seen a cobalt mine where child labor and slavery are not obviously present. Now, to make matters worse, these mines are predominantly controlled by the Chinese. Because years back, they, they foresaw this coming. So they purchased all these mines. There is about, I think, one... Um, one mine that is is not of Chinese, um, not owned by the Chinese. Okay. In an op-ed for CNN last year, he described visiting one mine where a child told him a child told him how he dig for heterogeneity, the primary source of cobalt, then sell it to buying houses, which Kyra described as being run by Chinese agents. Those agents sell the cobalt onto foreign mining companies. Just like that, cobalt gathered by a child in Congo enters a formal supply chain, he wrote. American companies like Tesla and Apple have in the past vote to crack down on human rights abuses and slavery in the cobalt supply chain. Uh, Musk, Elon Musk, vowed to switch to a cobalt-free battery to power his electronic vehicles, and Apple has been credited by human rights watchdog as leading the charge in anti-slavery charge in the industry. The persisting problem, according to Kara, is the control over the market that the Chinese government has. Before anyone knew this was happening, the Chinese government and Chinese mining companies took control of almost all of the big mines and the local population has been displaced. Now the African nations are under duress from China to fulfill demand. Because basically China owns a lot of these African um, countries. They dig in absolutely subhuman, gut-wrenching conditions for a dollar a day, feeding cobalt up the supply chain into all the phones, all the tablets, and especially electric cars, he said. This is the bottom supply chain of your iPhone, of your Tesla, of your Samsung. It puts the um, artisanal miners, those who dig by hand, into overdrive with no regulation, according to Kara, since... The pandemic uh, he has also offered to arrange trips to congo for
for CEOs of companies that use lithium batteries to show them the damage firsthand. But of course, no one has taken him up on his offer. So my question to you here is, do the lives of the people of Congo matter less? Yeah, for sure. Because you see, when you're taking a stance against fossil fuels and saying we need to uh, switch over to auto renew renewable uh, resources, natural sources, such as electric power, this is the direct impact. So basically what we're saying is that if we're sacrificing a few countries that control a lot of the things that go into lithium batteries that primarily used in tablets, iPhones, car batteries, it doesn't matter. Basically, they're the sacrificious, sacrificious lamb. So where does the you know the hypocrisy end? Right? It's all face value, right? I support fossil fuels, no more fossil fuels. But what are the ramifications of completely getting off of fossil fuels? Again, at nauseum, we do not have enough lithium. We do not have enough cobalt in the world to meet the demand of what we need for all our electrical appliances. Electronics, excuse me. Because it's never good. We always need a newer cell phone. We need a new tablet. We need the electric car because of the Paris Accord meeting by clueless politicians that are basically just virtue signaling, saying that they're doing something, just like they did during the pandemic, without seeing the result of what happens to these people. That eventually, this basically, this is this is Congo basically is a slave nation. They're being driven out of their property. They're losing their farmlands because it's being desecrated for mining. Because unfortunately, they have everything they need in that in, in, the, in those grounds. Dino says, like I mentioned when I was on your podcast earlier this year, oil and gas and a natural resource and a precious commodity. It won't go away. So if you don't control it, your enemy will and you will be the hostage. Just like the Chinese did, right? Right, Dino? Sonia says, they don't care as long as their pockets are lined. Compassion is a thing of the past. You're right, Sonia. It's just when you have courageous professors, courageous people, a professor from Harvard that basically took his life and risked his life to go into the Congo and get videos on and pictures from his cell phone, it really makes you think how nobody is listening. We have to start somewhere with technology, Tony says. Hopefully, we'll get to a point where the batteries will be more sustainable. I do too, Tony. I do too. But in the meanwhile, this has been going on for many, many years. And many people say that this is not, it's not feasible to think that we will completely get off of fossil fuels. And no matter what we do, 
we're not going to change we're not going to change climate change it's going to happen but that message is being of course stomped on because so scientists uh, and whether uh, and, and whether scientists uh, are being hushed and no one is uh, being they're being silenced um so those messages of the people that don't agree with climate change not saying that there there is not climate change again but not to the severity and to the 911 and the burning fires that they think is coming because that's been that's been going on for how many years how many decades I, I, you know since al gore they thought the world was on fire Dino says exactly in China is buying all the mines, Africa and all the farms in North America because they realize that land is a scarce resource. Yep. And meanwhile, we're here. We're complaining about fossil fuels. Meanwhile, right under our noses, you have the Chinese literally buying everything. Everything. They already own all of Asia, Australia, probably half of Africa. Like you said, Canada, United States farmland, besides Bill Gates. <laughs> Um, so basically they're going to control the food supply chain and the supply chain of the most important ingredients that are needed for lithium batteries. How scary is that? I'll leave you on that thought. How scary is that? While we're busy fighting and bitching about gas house emissions and the Paris court agreement. And carbon taxes here in Canada. While our people are starving, Chinese are buying everything and they don't give a fuck about human rights. They've proven that time and time again. They don't give a shit. So they're the largest producers. So if they don't change, if India doesn't change, what good is it we're going to change here in Canada? Nothing. Nothing. So I'll leave you that as a thought. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. I appreciate you so much. I will be back next week. I'm not sure if it's going to be a live show, but um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe a couple of shows, maybe two shows next week, one recorded and one live. So I appreciate you so much. Thank you again, guys, for tuning in. And I will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Agree to Disagree show. Make sure you like, subscribe, and tell all your friends about it. Until next time.